Hello everyone, I'm back again, and I hope you're doing fine, I hope you're coming back to me, listening to me, uh, babbling some nonsense as usual, and uh, that your life is in order, that you're healthy, that you're fine, that, you know, your sex life is working, your cock is hard, <laughs> whatever, just, just enjoy it, be happy that you're there, be happy that you're alive. I am currently a bit stressed out, and I thought, you know, in terms of uh, self-therapy, you might say, I would like to talk to you guys about what happened to me in the last few days, and um, I have some good news and I've got some bad news, and I'm not going to talk too much about my work today, because there is no news about uh, the publisher, nor can I show you the progress I've made with my drawings. Because, um, like I said, I'm, I'm not allowed to, via contract, to reveal anything. And I really don't like to piss these people off because, you know, I need the money. So, um, about the money, yeah, there's, uh, there's an issue. I'd like to um, get to the bottom right now in case, uh, in case anyone is interested in the car I'm driving. My old car, the Ford Fiesta, is gone. It's, it has been sold on Thursday. And I actually made, uh, I made a compromising decision in spending more money on a car. And again, it's not a lot of money. But for me personally, it actually is. Because I've been saving it up for years now. Everything that I made in terms of my work, freelance work, you know, whatever. I just always push that money on the side for worse days, you know, for whatever worst case scenario might happen. And um, I'm very careful when I spend my money. I am, I'm not a grouch, mind you. I mean, when I go out, you know, eating and uh, I've been served well, the person was very, very kind to me, the waiter is fine, the chef is fine, the food is fine, then I give a tip. Why? Because that's how you do it, Okay. And I respect those people standing in the kitchen day by day, hour after hour, working overtime, preparing food, working sometimes late at night, or you know, um, serving the people day in, day out, and they have to deal with so many assholes, so many complaints, and so many bad people that I really don't want to do that kind of job. I don't have the nerves for that, just standing in a... In, a, in a, a, a restaurant or fast food joint, whatever, and all you do is just you serve these pricks coming in and out every day, and they all want something. The food is too cold, the food is too hot, the food is this, it's not spicy enough, it tastes like crap, my meat isn't, isn't, is, is, is almost raw, what have you done? That kind of stuff, you know, and they always complain about the price, and a lot of people don't like to give tips. I personally do like to give a tip, especially if the person did a good job, in my opinion. So... You know, in Germany, it's a bit more common to, at least they say, to pay around 10 to 15% of the total sum that you owe because of the food you ordered. So um, 10% at least is something that I'd like to give, somewhere around that line. And uh, so if, if I order a meal for 200 bucks, the person gets at least 20 bucks as a tip. And I think that's fair. You know, I did that once. I had a birthday party inviting a couple of people I was affiliated to somehow, you know. And they all had a great time. We had a fantastic Italian restaurant that I chose. 
unfortunately is closed down right now. And um, we had just great, a great time, great meals. They cooked fantastically. And I always enjoyed my fish at, at some you know, awesome Italian restaurant, which is something I'm going to talk to you about in a few minutes. And uh, the, 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 the waiter, the waitress, sorry, the waitress was a young girl in her, I don't know, maybe 20s, maybe 18, I'm not quite sure. Maybe even younger. I'm, you know, the German law is a bit different here when you try to do some part-time uh, work to finance your studies or, or, or school or whatnot. So when you're 16, you can actually do a job. That's as much as I know from, from the German law system here. And she was very kind. She was quick, never mixed up anything, just did her job just nicely. And I thought, okay, you know, I have no problems here. The food is fine. The table is fine. The atmosphere is fine. The ambient is just great. Uh, I'll give her the proper tip that would be accordingly to the meal. So I gave her 20 bucks. And believe me, that girl has never seen 20 bucks as a tip before. That's how she reacted, which is actually a shame because I paid over 250 bucks for these people to eat something and I expected them to order more. And uh, yeah, I gave her 20 or 20 something. So she was happy, you know, and it's not like I do this every day. And you should always... At least in my opinion, you should always keep in mind these people work long and hard. And as of now, uh, well, maybe because of COVID, not so much. But before COVID was actually a case here, most restaurants were complaining in Germany they cannot find decent working people doing the waitress or waiter job. You know, and I understand why. It's 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 a <laughs> it's. It's a dumbass job, really. It's it's something that people are not grateful for. And they treat you like shit. And I've met just a few people in my lifetime who really enjoy this kind of work and like dealing with the people. They love the social context. They don't mind if somebody has a foul mouth and complains a lot. They go through with it because they're fucking professional. And I really admire that because I cannot do this shit. I take a pump gun and shoot every motherfucker in the head. But, you know, that's just me. Of course, I can't do that, obviously. But, you know, for, for, for legal reasons, I got to say, uh, it's just in my head. <laughs> okay, well, never mind. Uh, the good news is I'm st I have uh, chosen this, this uh, Zeat model. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it in, in, in English terms. I'm not sure what you guys call the car or if you even have the brand around. But it's a sister company from uh, Volkswagen if I haven't mentioned that in my previous podcast. And it's the model Arona. The company Zeat is, is uh, spelled S-E-A-T. So just look it up if you want. Maybe we've got around. They produce actually quite cheap cars, but not exactly crappy cars. Um, the, the motor parts are from Volkswagen. They get their uh, other parts from, from Volkswagen, as far as I know. Um, I'm not sure where these cars are assembled. I haven't really checked that out yet. I just bought a car that is a year old and came originally from France. It was used there for roughly a year. Then it got sold because I guess he wasn't satisfied with that car. Um, almost no kilometers or let's say miles on the car, on the meter. It just, it's, it's almost brand new with, a, you know, just a few maybe tiny scratches here. There are some stains. So I'm quite happy with it, and I spent 15 grand on the car, which is for me personally a lot of money, because I saved it up, you know, over a longer period of time, 
and I worked my ass off just to to keep that money together. So um, for me, it's it's really a lot. And I was I was hesitating in spending that money. I really was because first of all, I wanted to keep the money to invest it in something else. You know, I wanted to do some some more stuff on the stock market, which I still can, but only in a smaller scale. And I got to be careful here. And uh, the car, well, yeah. You know, I looked at older cars, and I looked online a lot, comparing prices, looking where they, these cars came from, where they're positioned right now, where the offer is, uh, and all that stuff, the mileage, just everything. And I got to say, it's hard right now to find, at least in Germany, a proper deal to get a car that will last long enough before it fucking explodes or something, you know? So... I was interested in uh, in a Honda, the Honda Jazz, in case you know that car. Because it's very compact, and I do enjoy compact cars, because for me personally, they're more practical. And I like the modulation that you could do with the seats. You know, you could just configure the car, whatever the fuck you want to do with it, to transport more material. Now, I, I obviously don't have that, that, that problem with the Arona, because... Um, there is enough space in that car to transport whatever it is that I need. And, um, well, maybe not too much, but, uh, you know, if, if I need to buy some wood again to build my, my own furniture, two meter pieces or 250 shouldn't be too much of a problem. Maybe a little tricky in placing them in the car, but it should work out just fine. And the car is still just a tool, so I don't take it too serious with the uh, interior of the car. At least not now, anyway. Maybe I should, because, you know, it's really, it smells brand new. I just, I just stepped out of the car and I smell like plastic. That's how new it is. Not leather, plastic. I mean, you know. But the inside of the car, it's, it's actually the, the, the basic model with not too many gizmos inside, not too many electronic toys. But it has, you know, electronic windshields. Not windshield, but the, the you know, the, the, the side windows, the door windows, you can just open up and down any way you want. You can control all four of them. You can also lock the, 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 back, uh, the back seat ones in case you have kids you know, trying to escape while you're, I don't know, driving 200 kilometers an hour. And uh, the air conditioning is fine. It works just great. There is a, a board computer that I could probably use for navigation as well, but in this price range with this uh, packet, so, so to speak, uh, it wasn't included. I have to access it uh, separately. I got to pay for it, I think, in um, unlocking it, sort of, you know. And I'm not quite sure how to do that. I asked my my uh, my salesman clerk, that guy who, you know, uh, sold me the car, if he could check that out, how much that is, because I try to find it online. I can't find any information on it. So. That's still a mystery to me. And if it's not too expensive, I'm going to do that as well. They will send me a fucking SD card. You pop it in and you can load up the app you want and just navigate wherever you want to go, which is cool. Uh, otherwise, I would have to use my phone and I'm fine with that as well because, you know, Google Maps just, it fucking rules. I, I love that stuff. And uh, the, the other electronic gizmos are also pretty cool. And something, there's a feature in that car that I would find really interesting because it's very helpful and in case of an emergency, it can really save somebody's life here because it, we're talking about mere seconds where 
um, uh, an, an emergency broadcast is being sent to uh, whatever the station is in the nearest area. You know, like police, uh, firefighters, uh, uh, you know, uh, hospitals, medical care, any kind of, any personnel that you might need in a, in a, in a car accident will be informed directly after the airbags open. And that means there is a SIM card installed in the car, which I didn't know even existed. And it is, you have your, your, your um, the, 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 the free speaking mechanism for, for phones. When you're connected via Bluetooth, you can at least, you have a microphone in the car and some speakers. I haven't tested that yet, but I think it's working probably pretty well because, you know, development in that regard has been uh, just fantastic as far as I heard and compared to, let, let's say, 10 years ago. And everything you need to access your menu, your, your contacts is on your steering wheel or at least beside it somewhere on the, on, on the dashboard. And above of my head where the speakers are and the microphone, there is a red button for, for emergency calls only where that SIM card will play a role and contact the, the nearest authorities. And that is cool. That's really awesome. And I think, as far as I've understood what I've been explained here, you know, uh, is is if, if you if you're in a in in, in a, some kind of accident or distress, if your car is damaged, the signal gets transferred. Uh, somebody will pick you up, uh, as long as you're still alive and breathing, I guess. And if not, and you need someone directly to talk to because you're the one whose conscience and someone else isn't, or you've witnessed something terrible on the street, you press that button and hold, and Immediately, a connection is established to the nearest uh, emergency hotline, so to speak. You tell them what it is that happened, and you save the day. And that's great. No fucking around with your stupid phone. You have the communication device directly in your car. It doesn't cost you anything because it's, it's an official service, and it should be a given that this works with everybody without paying an extra dime. You can do that with a dead phone as well. You don't need necessarily a SIM card. You can always access the emergency hotline. That's cool. And, um, yeah, I'm just happy that I, I chose this car because it has this feature since I don't know when. Like I said, it's almost brand new. So um, I can really recommend this kind of, of, of design and uh, the, the uh, emergency issues that might arise during driving. Uh, you know, you never know what happens. It can, it can happen any day that, that you might, you know, witness an accident or that you just get stuck somewhere and there's trouble, your, your airbag opens because you thought it would be a good idea to kiss a tree with your car. You know, that, that kind of stuff. It happens. It, it, it really happens. And actually, believe it or not, one of the bad news uh, today, I picked up the car yesterday. The car is fine. Everything has been done. All the paperwork was done for me. Uh, I've got the same license plate, which I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you know there's a reference to my favorite rock star, so you, you know you might get the uh, the idea. And um, today I wanted to take the car for a longer test drive and just you know uh, push it a little bit, uh, going shopping. I did that, so I, I drove back, and lo and behold, for fuck's sake, for the first time in my life, and I'm not kidding, I have been caught. Speeding, because I've been in, uh, in, in, in one of these laser traps from the police. And I thought, you got to be fucking shitting me. 
I got a bit scared and nervous, to be honest, because, you know, I haven't had something like this in, in, in fucking years. I mean, almost over 15 years, actually. And I've never been caught speeding, ever. And it's true that it does, it, it does happen after, you know, every, every now and then when you're uh, driving the country roads and they're free, you just kind of, you know, press that gas pedal and you just keep, keep going because it's fun. <laughs> Not too fast. You, as long as you still have control of the car, you're almost fine. But if you just, you know, if you cross the line too many times and, and somebody catches you, it can cost you quite a lot. In my case, it's going to cost me a hundred bucks because I was 30 kilometers too fast, where I was only allowed to drive uh, 70, which there's a reason for it why it's 70. And I've never seen police officers stop anyone there. So. That's my first day, and I hope my last, because if I keep this up, they might, you know, take away my, my driver's license. And nobody wants that. No, no, no. Well, it's, uh, it's like uh, people like to say it's karma. You got something new, you, you, uh, you're happy about it, you just want to celebrate it a little bit. You, you press that gas pedal a bit too much, and you got to pay for it. You know, before that with my Ford, nobody fucking cared what I did. <laughs> it's like it's like open season. I could just do whatever the fuck I want. Now I've got a new car and I've got eyes everywhere. It's really insane. Well, whatever the case that is, that's just uh, a small penalty. So nothing is going to happen to me here. But it's going to be expensive at least. I mean, those hundred bucks, they do hurt me. After 15 grand for the car, come on, of course. It's not like I'm rich or anything. So the other good news is, after I had my last broadcast with you guys, um, I went on vacation with my vacation group, uh, some, let's say, closer friends. And um, they were annoying in that vacation, but that's a different story. I'll come to that later. Yeah, as you can see, I have some issues with my friends every now and then. Ah, it never gets old. It never gets old. And... The old plan was we wanted to go to the south region of um, somewhere, you know, very close to the border of Austria and the Alps to see uh, a place called Berchtesgaden. Um, it's, it, pronouncing it in English wouldn't make any sense. It's, uh, the name is just Berchtesgaden. It's an area that is beautiful. It's uh, one of the most beautiful landscapes that you can find in Bavaria. Or for Austria, you know, depending on what side you're on, I guess. And um, the view of the mountains is just really astonishing. The only place I personally believe is a little better is uh, Switzerland. From that location where I was years ago, from that perspective, it looks more massive because you have a much broader spectrum of uh, the horizon and all the mountains surrounding you. And it's really impressive. I mean, you really feel like your life means nothing when you're there and you see all that, this gigantic piece of earth around you. It's like, I suppose, it's like when you're standing in front of the Grand Canyon and you think to yourself, uh, I'm just an ant or a sand corn, a dust pebble in, in, in the universe, which we are. I mean, <laughs> we're not really something special, are we? And, um, well... Bavaria wasn't really a part of the plan anymore because... Um, closer to the actual uh, start of the vacation, the weather shifted to 
from, from, you know, halfway shitty to absolutely fucking shitty. It was raining the entire time, very stormy too. And, well, we looked at each other and thought, this is not good. We had this situation before. And if you want to enjoy these, these, these Alps, you want to enjoy the mountains, do not go when it's raining. You will regret it. I, don't, I, I understand people who say, look, a little rain doesn't harm me. Yeah, fine, it doesn't harm me either. But you don't see shit. The view is blocked mostly because of the clouds. Um, it's, it's very steamy even, you know. Um, you can't see far. Your vision is impaired beyond belief. All those great things you could see in nature, all these mountains, all the, the landscape is beautiful, but you can't see it and you cannot enjoy it. So if you can and you're in Germany or anyone listening from Germany, then do yourself a favor and pick a good time. The weather should be at least fine enough to enjoy this uh, visual spectacle. You're not going to regret that. It stays in your memory. Make some good photos. It's something to remember. So we sat there you know, and thought, this is, this is shit. This is not going to be fun. And... We actually managed to get the money back from the hotel, which we booked. And they said, yeah, we, we understand the problem, especially now because of COVID. You know, everybody's a little careful. So we have to comply with most of the customers. So, you know, um, I managed that because a friend of mine was too, too much of a chicken shit to actually do it himself. So I did it. And um, we got the money back without any questions. It was really fast and uh, actually... After we got the refund, two hours later, my friends booked a hotel in Italy and said, do you want to join us? I said, yeah. So, you know, I was a part of that uh, equation. And in the same night, I just packed really quickly, drove my car up to, to my friend's place. We took his bus and we just left. And that's it. And we went to Yezolo or Gizolo. I'm not sure how to pronounce it for you guys. Um... That's always tricky. I'm, I'm trying to pronounce it as correctly as possible. And I think Yezolo is, I think, what you should say to it. It's, in the, it's quite near Venice. It's the, uh, the, the largest European beach area that you can find in Italy. And um, we paid, I think, uh, per person 227 for five days, which is... Super cheap. I mean, it's really nothing for an awesome vacation. You got your breakfast. We had our seats at the beach. Uh, there was no trouble there. Uh, we had some bicycles included. We could just ride around and, you know, see the place, see the area. Uh, people are very, very kind. A bit, you know, a bit weird because Italians, you know, they, they like to show off a lot. They're very playful. They're not really evil or, or anything, but they have a temper, though. And they also have a pride of their, their country... They love their food, they're, they love their religion, they love Jesus, they love uh, the beach, the people, they love life. They love life as if it was the last day for them on earth, and they really enjoy that. And I think it reflects in the fantastic food that they create because of all the love they just... <laughs> I know it, it sounds cheesy, but I think you know it, it plays a role, because the food in Germany is like bullshit. I'm serious. The Germans, we Germans, we can't cook for shit. And I know that a lot of people would disagree. I know that. But I know my people. I know my people. And I don't like them. <laughs> I, I just... 
Uh, it's uh, you know look it's it, it the Germans they cook like typical dishes meat whatever the fuck kind meat that is it could be pork can be you know uh, cattle or whatever fucking thing it is as long as, long as it moves and it has flesh it's going to be eaten and uh, once they do their their steak or their their uh, well not steak directly I mean steak is more like uh, an American tradition I, I think. But the Germans, they just take some kind of tender meat piece of whatever fucking cow I had to die that day. And they, they fry it, they steam it, they do whatever they want with it. And I understand the meat part. I don't eat it myself anymore. But what I do not like about the German kitchen is that everything has to be filled and, and just uh, drowned in gravy beyond belief. Really fat, greasy gravy, uh, you know, heavy spiced and all that kind of stuff. It, I don't really like that stuff anymore because I feel nauseous after a longer period of time of eating this shit. And it's just too heavy. It's really too heavy for the stomach. It's not healthy. It's really not healthy. And the Italians, they don't cook like that. They like to cook with oil, of course. They love their oil and their, their, you know, olive plants and all that. And I understand that. And if you have good quality olive oil, you can do a lot with it. Not necessarily in the meat department, probably, but more in salads and in, maybe in sauces and stuff like that. And I don't feel like my body is really stressing out because of it. I can digest it much easier than when I go to Germany and I eat something in that restaurant and I eat gravy-based bullshit food, I can kill myself afterwards. I get so much stomach ache and, and, and nausea that I really don't, I, I never want to eat that stuff again. And it's, it's, it's not like everything they cook is completely bad or doesn't taste good. Of course, it tastes sometimes good. But the style of cooking, the heaviness of the food, we're talking about these gigantic dumplings that you know Bavarians love to create. They're tasty, but you cannot taste them. You can't eat them raw, you know, like pure without any gravy. It just, it, it tastes like bullshit. It tastes like nothing. And they drown these motherfuckers in the gravy. They suck it up completely, all the fat, all the grease. And then you eat them and you're supposed to feel fine afterwards. Fuck you, no. God damn it. If, if you guys like traditional German, you know, cuisine, it's fine. I get that. I respect you for it. I personally don't like to touch it. It's really, I mean, the best meals in the world. It's not a coincidence that they come from, from, uh, from Greece. They come from Italy. They come from Asia, for God's sakes. They come from uh, the, Portugal. They know how to cook. The Danish know how to cook, as far as I'm concerned. The British, probably not so much. They, they're quite infamous for their bad cuisine. And America has some interesting food. And I know that you guys are more, you know, uh, I think meat-heavy, because it's kind of your thing, I suppose, or possibly even tradition. You know, I mean, the burgers, uh, steaks, of course. And I know, I know that a good steak, if it's well done, tastes delicious. I understand that. I'd like to try it myself one day again, but I got to tell you, I cannot eat an entire steak by myself. Forget it. <laughs> Not a chance. I can't do it. Give me give me salad for fuck's sake. Give me a zucchini. I'll be fine. But the steak, that's your department. 
or anyone else who loves it, it's fine. But I have no problem in uh, trying these things. I like tasting it. It's uh, Exploring food is fine and a lot of fun too. And uh, well, while I was in, in Italy in, in that time, these five days with my friends, I, I got to tell you, I was really, really annoyed by the behavior of one person in particular who is the loudest of them all. Like um, a friend of mine from work knows him. And he said to me once, he behaves like a, uh, in German it's called Brüllaffe. Okay? Uh, that means um, a, a, a screaming, roaring monkey or gorilla. And to put that in a bit more realistic perspective, this guy, he needs attention. He is an attention fuck whore. And he wants to be surrounded by people. He needs social contacts or he goes nuts. And he li- it's not like he's using people entirely or something like that. That's not really the case. It is the case with me, I got to say. And I'm coming back to that later. But he's very loyal at, in most parts, at least friendship-wise. Um, he's very organized. He knows his stuff. He knows his prices and he knows his money. And what's annoying about him is he has to just, you know, uh, scream his opinion out when he's not satisfied with something and he can really upset somebody because he's not using his brain at all in that moment. But he has the feeling, he has the need to express himself every time he's pissed off. And I'll give you an example. For example, we went to, to uh, an original ice cream shop a store where you can just get the self-made, fresh, original ice cream. Tastes wonderful. It's great flavors. Anything you want. And, um, well, they had no benches outside because it was a stand-in, sort of. You know, just walk in, you get your stuff, you go out and you eat it. How long do you take? How long does it need for you to eat some typical a scoop of ice cream, for fuck's sake? You know, it's not long. Especially when it's hot outside, you got to hurry up. So uh, the first thing this guy, this friend of mine said, I'm not going to say his name in case he ever listens here. And I don't think he does because his English is like crap. So um, let's call him Bobo. Okay, I think that makes sense. He behaves like a Bobo. He speaks like a Bobo. Let's call him Bobo. So Bobo and I and his uh, girlfriend and another friend, you know, we, we were standing outside, stepping off of our borrowed, um, borrowed, sorry, borrowed uh, bicycles very, you know, old, cheap, rusty bicycles, but they work fine. And uh, the first thing I said is, look, ice cream. Who wants ice cream? Come on. And the first thing he said is, you really want to eat ice cream here? You can't even sit the fuck down. And I thought, you got to be shitting me. We're in Italy, for fuck's sake. We're going on a bicycle trip, and you want to sit down to eat ice cream for, what, half an hour? So, you know, that kind of complaint is just bullshit. It's not the only thing, mind you. It's just like we're talking about a simple thing here that really doesn't, doesn't mean much. But it's annoying as hell because he always does that. And um, afterwards, when he had his ice cream and tried it, he was happy like a kid because it really tasted wonderful. It was fruity, sweet, not too sweet, but really fresh, just like ice cream of your dream, man. You know, you just enjoy this shit. And the idea and the thought of a bench was gone. He was standing at the st- on the street, no complaints anymore. And I was thankful for that. 
But he kept on complaining, especially when it become, when it, you know when his inner grouch comes forward. He just cannot shut the fuck up. He must talk about it and complain. Let me give you a really crass example, and you have to believe me. This really happened. I swear to God, it did. Uh, a few years ago, when I had an interesting affair with someone, uh, the exact same friends and I, Bobo and his companion, so to speak, we went to Egypt, to Marsa Alam, which is a beach, uh, not a beach, sorry. Um, yeah, there's a beach area. It's, it's a desert area where nothing exists except uh, uh, some hotel complexes and uh, a small souvenir-based town with a few cafes that was built by a sheik, including the fucking airport, built by the same sheik as far as I'm concerned. And um, the only thing you can do there is swim, eat, take a shit, and then swim again. That's it. There's nothing. There's just desert. Mile after mile after mile, the only thing you see is sand. And if you get lost, you might fucking die. You know, so you stick to your fucking hotel. And um, we went there for two weeks. And let me tell you, two weeks is a long time. When you're in the desert and you have nothing, nothing, nothing to do, you go berserk. So what do I do? I drink alcohol, I take out my pencil and some paper and have some fun, right? And but as we actually, this is a real thing here, this really happened. After our arrival at the hotel, Bobo went down to the beach because he wanted to see the water. He wanted to be amazed by what he was, you know, just anticipating to do, like snorkeling and swimming around, which we did, and, you know, you it's, it's a beautiful experience. All the fish you see there is just, well, it's fucking phenomenal. And at the time, because of the tides, I suppose, the water was going a bit back and it looked a bit poor, like drying up. But, you know, we're talking about directly the sea. So it's not really big of a deal. You just walk in there until you, get, you find water and then you just keep going. It's not really the end of the world, is it? It's, it's nature, for fuck's sake. And Bobo, mind you, that motherfucking stupid prick, he actually started complaining, we booked at a time where there should be water, there isn't much water, I have to complain about that. And I'm not joking. He actually went to the fucking reception and complained to the poor guy why there, is, there isn't any water in, in the ocean. Not enough on the beach. And I could, I remember the look on the clerk's face. And I, if I was him and I had a gun, I'd fucking shoot the prick in the head. How can you do that? How can you complain about something that Mother Nature just fucking does? What's he supposed to do? Go out with a garden hose and piss everything full? You gotta be shitting me. I was really ashamed for Bobo at that time because I couldn't believe what was going on. I wanted to talk to him about it, you know, like, dude, calm the fuck down. It's not his fault, all right? Nobody's fault. It's just Mother Nature. It's one of these days. Next three days might look different. We're here for two fucking weeks, you know? Give it a chance. <laughs> just wait. Forget it. That message, that information went into his ear and out his ass. That's, that is who Bobo is because he's stupid, you know? And uh, a bit, a bit, a bit ignorant, I would say, especially when 
uh, some things don't really go his way. And uh, in Italy, it was a bit, you know, not exactly that extreme. But he was always complaining about these restaurants. And he's very careful when he spends money on something. He wants the best experience every single time. And he finds something he likes to complain about. I just, I, had to, I made a reservation for us, for people inside a restaurant. Because the owner said, I cannot give you a table outside. Because, you know, a lot of people were there, many guests, many tourists. Even though COVID is around, they had business, believe me. Okay, God knows for how long. Maybe they're going to lock down everything again. But right now, they, they've got enough business, they got enough cash. Um, and they have to work hard to actually maintain the quality in these restaurants. So I do respect these people. I would never piss them off for what you know. It's it's not. I'm not going to go down there to cause a fight. But Bobo, yeah, Bobo is a bit different, right? Bobo is like special. So uh, I told these guys, my friends, we got to be here at I think it was 7 p.m. and our table will be ready. So you know, we walked around a little bit, took the bikes to uh, you know, sorry, we we drove around the block a little bit. Came back on time, getting the table, and as soon as we st we stood there, Bobo saw the, uh, the the pizza bakery, the pizza oven, stone oven. Uh, I mean, beautiful. If you want to eat pizza, that's the way to go, baby. And there was an uh, there was uh, maybe two empty tables for uh, four people each, and we were four. So the first thing he said is, "Look, there's one that is free, but I, I don't want to sit there because it's too close." To the pizza oven it's going to be too hot and i thought you got to be shitting me it's like five or six meters away from the pizza oven what are you talking about it's hot anyway you don't even notice the difference and uh he was still he was in a bad mood and a bit you know on the edge on that day so we just waited until we got the signal yes your table is ready it was uh, uh reservated no what did i say yeah, I made, the, I made the reservation on my name. We went inside, sat down on the table that he didn't like. And immediately, you know, the, the, his temper was going up and our mood was going a bit down. Because he was just, he couldn't shut the fuck up. Now, the first thing he complained about was the table itself because it was wobbly and wasn't stable enough on the ground. Which I gotta admit can be a bit annoying, but we were the only people complaining about it. No one else did because we left that table we took a second table that was offered to us and they said okay maybe this is better for you would you like to have this table bobo said yes but this is where the shit actually happened now listen to this shit i told you before because of heavy traffic heavy duty um you know um, um let's say there's a prime time all right during the season when there's a lot of work to do and many guests they cannot Reser give any reservation out to, to, to seats outside near the street or on the catwalk you know where it's a bit more maybe more comfortable to sit there more fresh air I get that but all these restaurants are completely open they don't have any walls most of them they just like uh, they, 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 they can push open all these walls like, like their doors or something they, they slide open including the glass and it, lo it looks like a pavilion or something and you just sit there 
and enjoy the open space. You can see everything. It's fine. You have enough air, believe me. It's not like you're going to die in there, so, especially because of COVID restrictions. You got to have the the, the you know the, the air condition flowing. The air itself has to has to move. Everything needs to be moving, so that the bad air can go out and the good air the good air can go in. It's really no problem. Everything was taken care of, so um, I don't see any reason to complain. But Bobo, because you know Bobo is thinking with his cock and ass most of the time, he was complaining. So we sit there, and I swear to you, he couldn't shut the fuck up and say, he said to the owner, the manager of that restaurant, um, we actually had a reservation for 8 p.m. for a table outside. And he, he tried to look very serious. And the owner of the hotel said, uh, he, he became a bit louder and very strict and said, uh, don't you ever say that again. I said specifically that a reservation outside is not possible because of this kind of traffic in this business right now. You can have a reservation inside. Outside, we have to take care of what goes, how, and when, and depending on the people coming here. We just don't give away to anyone. And don't you ever say that again, for fucking ever. And I swear to you, he said that. And I looked at Bobo, and I said, look, what you just said was stupid as fuck, and it was unnecessary. Don't piss him off. We're trying to eat here, okay? Be nice. And because of that, he was complaining to me that it, it was inappropriate of me to say that? Fucking asshole, for fuck's sake. And I'm friends with a guy like that, you know? God damn it. I told him on that table, because I really had enough of his complaining and bitching around because of something. I told him this is the last time I'm going out with you guys ever again as long as you're there. You cannot, you can always make a scene, you always make things complicated. It's embarrassing to go out with you guys. I'm not going to do this again for the next five years. And I said that. The next five years, no go. And he's a bit pissed off at me because of that. I don't care. I, I just, I walk into restaurants. I, you know what I did when I, when I paid for the table, at least my, my half, and I invited a friend of mine. Uh, who was you know I, I shared a room there with with a guy um, nice dude most of the time nice dude but he, he would never do a thing like that he would never complain like a bitch and and you know behave like he's someone special he would never do that at least not like that and he has more finesse and more politeness and respect towards people he has a different form of etiquette so I went to um, when you're in these old, these, these, these traditional Italian restaurants, it's sometimes quite common that you, if you want to pay, you can pay directly to the boss himself, who's like the, 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 the master chief of the restaurant, the owner. You walk up to him, he's the cashier, he takes care of the money. And he also, he collects all the tips and he splits them up to his personnel. So it's, it's at least in my opinion, a quite fair approach to everything. And um, I walked up to him and said, I am sorry for the trouble we have caused. I hope you can forgive us. And the case was solved. Okay? It's, I, I don't think that he was uh, thinking uh, like long-term negatively about us. I don't think we will be in his memory at all. But it's still just, you have to know as a human being where you are in the time-space continuum and that the planet does not, you know, spin around your ass. 
The sun doesn't go up on your fucking cock. This, look, no one on this planet is really that special, with a few exceptions, perhaps. And the people I know personally, they're all just the same kind of jerks. Just like me, obviously, but um, I would never behave like that in a restaurant. I would never be disrespectful to someone. And he's also a total grouch when it comes to uh, to giving, uh, you know, a waiter a proper tip. And if, let's say, he pays uh, a meal for, let's say, almost 15 bucks. Let's say fourteen seventy nine, or fourteen eighty five, And he gives 15 and that's it. We're talking like a 20 cents tip. What the fuck is that? That's not a tip. Okay, there is no law in Germany that that forces you to give that tip, but out of respect, if you're satisfied with the job, with the food and the serving, you give a fucking tip. End of story. Okay, but this guy, he actually did that once in Germany. I, I was paying for ice cream for my girlfriend back then, and uh, I just I paid like maybe eight something, eight bucks something. So I gave. The person I I gave ten and I said it's fine just just keep the rest. It's a, maybe a bit much considering it's just ice cream, but I, you know I don't care. Like I said, I know that this job is hard work. I am not going to disrespect the people. I'm thankful that they serve me. It's fine. Okay, if that per if that person is impolite to me and behaves like a prick, there is no tip, and I will say that out loud if I have to. If the food is lousy, I will complain about the food. But if the serving is fine, the servant, the waiter, the waitress will get a tip. That simple, okay? Logic, my friends. Just use fucking simple logic here. And uh, Bobo, again, Bobo, uh, he witnessed me doing that. And he complained if I, uh, if I think I'm a millionaire that I can just give away money like that. And I said, dude, it's just one buck and something. You know, it's like one buck sixty, one buck seventy. It's not like I'm going to starve to death if I don't do this kind of stuff. You know, um, why should I be the person to reappear here and believe that these people have to serve my ass at all? There is some form of respect that needs to be established here, okay? And this guy, Boba, actually complained a few times about my my behavior. Why I give that much tip, and I said, "Dude, this is just a regular tip that you should give if you're satisfied with the food." And he never, never, never does that. He's such a fucking grouch. It's unbelievable. Uh, the other way around is when I actually, you know, uh, if I do some graphic design, some logo, some some uh, files that I create somewhere in Photoshop or on my tablet, you know, wherever. I do them for him because he uses them sometimes because he has a side business going on. He's like self-employed, uh, partially anyway, and he has his own job. I'm not going to go into detail with that, but he sometimes needs graphics for advertisement, creating flyers and posters and stuff like that. So, you know, occasionally it's fun to work on that kind of stuff and give it to him. And he gives me something in return, a little cash, you know, between friends, though. But let's say I would want more. And let's say I, I just say, look, I spent hours and hours on these graphics. And the money you give me is really not, you know, it, it's not appropriate for the amount of work I put into it. 
let's get let's if I would create an invoice, a bill and give it to him officially, I swear to you he would never pay it. Never. Making business with this guy is really difficult. I remember he was going with his girlfriend into a furniture store looking at a fucking couch and debating and talking to the sales lady and just grinding that woman, trying to pressure her in lowering the price because he wasn't satisfied with the product. And after two hours of debating, he didn't buy it anyway. So that's, that's the kind of motherfucker he is. You could just punch these people in the face, pull his balls off and stuff them into his mouth. But, you know, for the most part, he's still loyal and he likes to at least behave that he's helpful. And it's just, I don't know. Last time we spoke, I just, I just told him, look, this is no fun for me. Next time I'm, I'm going on vacation, I'm going to do it by myself. Or at least take someone who's not that annoying to me. Stealing away the fun and everything. Well, maybe you know these guys too. Maybe you have a relative or a close friend, or maybe you know, maybe your 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 wife or your your husband is just like that, and very embarrassing to watch when you're going out in public, behaving like you know, oh, it's so expensive and all that. And, you know, I get it. I do complain about that myself, but I complain when, let's say, I'm in a hotel. And the normal food that I pay would be a regular price. If I order directly from the menu, let's say uh, some noodles for 10 bucks, I know what I'm getting. I understand the price range here. I, I, I know what I'm doing. But if the same restaurant is trying to offer me a buffet, and the buffet is super expensive because that's how, you know, that's where they get their money. I know personally I cannot eat everything that is there. And I don't eat that much meat anyway, or almost nothing. I'm more of the, you know, the pescatarian guy. I like to eat fish, I like to eat vegetables, uh, potatoes, that kind of stuff, noodles. And I'm fine, I'm a happy camper. And um, last time I saw a buffet in, in Thailand, for example, the buffet was really, really pricey. I mean, it was like, I'm not quite sure how much I pay. I think for, it was somewhere around 50 bucks. And if I would order from the menu, I remembered normal prices, normal standard hotel prices, which were just no problem. You can give them a tip, it's all fine, it's, it, nothing was too expensive, but that, that buffet was a rip-off, a complete rip-off. Then I complained because that's bullshit, you know, it's, it's, the, there is no purpose behind that kind of stuff except pulling money out of your pocket. That I don't like, but you don't have to do it. You know, you don't have to pay it. But I do open my mouth and say something. But the way Bobo does it in his, his constant complaining, that's just, that's almost sick. And it wore me out. It really did. And uh, I was glad when I was home and I just shut my phone off and thought, go fuck you guys. <laughs> I can't, I can't deal with you motherfuckers again. That was five days. Five days is really enough. And, uh, well, I know I'm talking too much here again. Uh, I'm, I just witnessed in my Audacity program that I've reached uh, 51 minutes and something. Um, I want it to be done by now because I still got some work to do. However, um, the last topic I'd like to talk about, which is also one of the reasons why I wanted to uh, open my, my mouth and my mind, um, 
this is a bit more difficult for me and um, I'll try to keep it short because uh, I don't want to get too emotional uh, <laughs> in front of the microphone here um, my father has gotten really sick and it's been it's been heart-wrenching to think about it because my father like I said in a previous podcast in case you have listened if not I'm going to tell you uh, straight up once again, he's living in Taiwan for over 30 years. And Taiwan, mind you, is a beautiful place. It's a great country. It's a beautiful uh, country, in my opinion. The people are very friendly there. Uh, I feel more free myself when I'm moving around that country. It could also be just in my mind, but it's, it's a place... Um, I understand why my father went there. And right now... Excuse me for a second. I got some coffee here that I just forgot. Cold coffee by now. Well, that's okay. I'm drinking it out of a no ma'am uh, coffee cup. A coffee mug from Al Bundy. Oh, I love that TV show. Hmm. Well, um, my dad is suffering from... Let me get this straight. It's called... Rheumatic arthritis, which is not reversible as far as I know. And uh, he's suffering a great deal from that, which means that his joints, you know, shoulders, knees, they're all in pain. But that's not the only issue that he has right now. I had a message. I read that uh, Thursday, Thursday morning when I woke up at 430 getting ready for work, or at least trying to get awake. So I looked at my phone, I saw that the light was blinking, somebody texted me, I saw that it was my dad, my dad said that he doesn't feel very well at all, and he fears that it's getting worse and he doesn't know what to do, he has a lot of pain, he takes uh, strong pain medication that almost knocks him out, and um, he was talking, or at least texting very weird stuff, you know, about... about um, giving me, uh, talking about real estate probably, talking about stuff that he wanted to give me, talking about um, his last will, so to speak, and people I should contact in case that he dies and all that. It was really shocking to read that because I don't really, um, I can't remember my dad behaving that way, so I had to assume that it was serious, you know, and I got really, um, I got really jumpy here, and I felt just terrible. So I, I, what could I do? I mean, he's in Taiwan. I can't fly down there because of, the, because of the current COVID restrictions. And I had no real information about what the fuck is going on. So I did what I usually do. While I was being nervous and worried, I just got up, prepared for work, went to work. No breakfast, no nothing, just directly work, coffee. And... Um, I talked to my boss, and I was at the brink of crying, actually. I had tears in my eyes because this was so worrying to me that um, I love my dad, you know? And he's the only family member in my, in my life that actually means something to me. Everyone else is, is pretty much estranged or far away or dead or doesn't want to have contact with me because of, you know, massive family... Fr uh, fr um, feuds and fights and, and just distrust and and all the all that stuff including my own mother mind you and 
that's something that I can deal with. There is, there was never a strong emotional connection to that woman. Uh, unfortunately, I, I have to say though that this is true. This is really what my life looks like. But my father, on the other hand, um, I always had a very strong connection to him, even if he behaved sometimes disappointingly and narcissistically and just really, you know, he's, he's tough to live with. He's not easy at all. But I know that he was sincere when he told me that he does love me and that he uh, just wants the best for me and that he is not ashamed of the fact that I am not successful, that I don't have that much money on my bank account, that I'm not some kind of boss of a company, that I'm not a successful, um, well-known and respected artist or something like that. Um, it, it, it took years for us to actually talk openly about that. And we did, I think, over uh, 10 years ago. And uh, since that time, I uh, do understand him a lot better, and I know why he wanted to get divorced from my, my mom back then. And it all makes a lot more sense now. And I forgive every stupid thing he ever did. I forgive all his mistakes, all his, his loudmouth behavior, his narcissistic uh, bad side, his, his, his bad manners sometimes, and whatever bullshit he did, because deep down he just loves life a lot, and he, he shows it, you know, and he likes to share it with you, and let you be a part of his crazy life, and it's just, um, it's always heart-wrenching for me to see how much he aged over the years, because I only see him every now and then, once a year sometimes, and right now even less. You know, and he's over, uh, he's, he's, he's moving towards 70. And right now, um, the situation has become a bit more difficult for me because I can't reach him, of course. I'd like to help. I don't know how. And while I was at work, my boss told me, hey, it's fine if you want to, you know, call your dad, just do it from work. I don't mind. I understand it's a family matter. It's really uh, tough to deal with. And if you want answers, you grab that phone and you fucking call him. So eventually, you know, because of the time difference between, you know, Germany and Taiwan, I had to be... Um, I took a chance at one point during the morning and I just vanished from my, my, my station. Took the phone, uh, called him spontaneously, and I actually got him on the phone, which is a rare case. But I, I, I assume if he's uh, in, in such a bad condition that he's actually at home or in the hospital... And, uh, you know, with his phone in the area in case of emergency or if his, if, if his wife calls or, you know, one of, one of his kids. He has two more kids in Taiwan. So I talked to him. I went into to a hallway outside of the company, um, let's say on the edge of, of the, that logistic uh, center. That, that storage hall there. And uh, I just I tried to find the most quiet place to talk. So I could at least hear him closely and pay attention to how he speaks, if he's in pain or not. You know, and I, um, I remember that we talked about what it is that, that causes his pain. And he said it's, he has excruciating, excruciating pain in his left and right arm. Why, he doesn't know. And the doctor is examining him and trying to find a diagnosis. They couldn't really determine what causes the pain. They did, you know, they, they, they shoved him in one of these tubes, the, what is it, MRI? I, I don't really know. I, I'm not a medical expert. 
but they couldn't find anything. He has no tumor as far as I know. He has no brain damage that would cause uh, the, these, these, um, th- these, these, these painful phenomena. Uh, it maybe it might have something to do with his uh, arthritis, but only maybe. It's just it's a really tough to figure out what, what is going on. But the, the fact of the matter is he, he has constant pain. And it's not going away. He has to take heavy medication to ease the pain, at least to some degree, so that he doesn't go berserk. And But that's not all. Was the, something else that was really devastating to me was that he has lost 80%, not 40, not 60, 80% of his muscle tissue and his strength. It just somehow vanished or... Um, the muscles just uh, somehow start to detract or something or shrink. I'm not sure how to say that. It's, it's, I am not really sure how to say this in medical terms. It's just mind-blowing to me that it actually happened. It's shocking to me because my dad is a workaholic. He needs to move around. He needs to work. He loves working. And right now, he can't lift a few kilos. It's too much. It's, there is no... He's, he's, he's poofed. He's, he's so exhausted. He's completely beat. And he has this pain. And I, I just want to fly over there and hug the man, for Christ's sakes. You know? I really just... I'd like to be there for him. And I don't know how to do it right now. But my boss told me at my company that if, if the situation is a lot worse and grim... Uh, they would find a way to set me free for a while without losing my job, and I ch- I can just uh, travel down there and see how he's doing. But the authorities in Taiwan would block me because of COVID. I would come into quarantine for at least two weeks, and I would have to pay for everything myself, which is doable, but you know it's still a quite agonizing because in those two weeks anything can happen, and I can't do shit. I can't reach him. I can't. I can talk to him, but I cannot reach him physically. So I'm stuck somewhere in some lab, I suppose, in quarantine, and they, the government, decides where they put you. And right now, as I'm speaking, as far as I know from the official statement from from the government, nobody is allowed to enter Taiwan except the original Taiwanese citizens and uh, foreign people with uh, like like a green card from Taiwan and you can just if you have a working permit you can come in but still if you enter you must go under quarantine that's as that is what i read that's what i i i was that's the information i was given what happens afterwards during this month maybe they can you know open up the borders a bit more to make it easier for people like me to get in there maybe it's easier if i say it's a medical emergency my dad is maybe you know fatally ill i don't know maybe it's easier for me to get to get in there i'm trying to get more information on that but right now it's almost impossible so it's a bit tricky and uh, i'm trying to stay in contact with my dad as much as possible to figure out what he's doing what therapy has been uh, explained to him if there's something experimental if they were trying a new drug if they have found uh, uh, something, an explanation for that phenomenon, what's happening to him. So that's what's pissing me off. <laughs> um, I wanted to get that off my chest because 
when I was at work in that hallway, in that stairway, I, um, we, we kept talking about, you know, plan B in case he's dying, then what that would mean for me and what I would have to deal with and all that. It was really hard listening to. And I tried to pull myself together to be as calm as possible, to show my dad um, whatever happens, I can take care of it, and I'm trying to take care of you somehow. And after we said goodbye and he wanted to get some rest, I just, uh, he's not in a hospital right now, at least as far as I know, he's, he's, he's at home in his, his own four walls, trying to be physically still active because, you know, the, the, the muscle stuff is really scary to him, understandably, really. And um, after I, I, I hung up, um, I, I, I know I told him that I love him, that he really means something to me, and I don't want him to leave. And after I hung up, and you know, he, he repeated the same to me, and I, I broke down and cried like a baby in, 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 in that hallway. It was terrible for me to, to realize that this day might come, that, that he needs to, to go, you know. And letting go of someone whom I just barely see every few years is really tough for me. And um, I mean, I don't want to sound any, any uh, I don't want to sound like I'm special. I don't want to sound like I need uh, an extra treatment or too much attention. But it's, it's, it's just the fact of the matter is that my dad means something to me. And the idea of losing him is devastating. And I know from today's point of view that a lot of people don't have much family sense anymore especially in Germany, it's become a bit, a bit different. When uh, It's more like, you know, when you compare it to Italy, for example, the Italians, they love their family. They love their kids, their, 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 their aunts and uncles, their, their nieces, their, 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 just the friends of, of the family, too. It's like a gigantic union, a, fa a family union, and they try to support each other even though they're hot-headed and high-tempered. It doesn't matter. It works. In most cases, it works. And they try to help each other as much as they can. You know, it's a, family means something in, for, for uh, Italian people. And family means something for the Irish, for, for Americans, most likely. But not all of them. And in Germany, today, you know, it's, it's more like everyone is for themselves. Families split up, you know, when... When the kids get older, they move away mostly. They want to go to the bigger city. They don't want to stay with a family anymore. They stay in contact with their parents via phone or WhatsApp, you know, or, or uh, Viber, whatever. Just more digital than really real life or analog, if you know what I mean. Just it's become a bit more sad. More, everyone is more focused on themselves, very selfishly so. And uh, family union in Germany is very dynamic, you know, from family to family, I, I mean. Some have a more proper relationship with open communication, with support, love, respect, all that kind of stuff. And my family, forget it. And I'm serious, for fucking get it, you won't find it. And my dad is the exception, and I'm glad that I still have this connection to him because... I can't let go, and I don't want to. So um, that's been hard. And that's it for today, I gotta say. I'm, um, I could talk to you about maybe something more fun. There's a, there's a chick 
I am visiting probably next week someone I found by accident online and we wanted to have some R&R if you know what I mean and I'm looking forward to that as a positive a positive influence in my life something not so grim you know but um, yeah we'll see what happens till then but there's not much to talk about she's a nice girl I'm just going to say hi, we're going to have some dinner and see what happens afterwards. Just the good old-fashioned dates, my friends. Yeah, well, that's what's going on right now. Next time when I come back to you guys, I will, if nothing else happens and, you know, no tragedy or anything, I'm going to talk more about uh, Jason Voorhees finally and, well, give you my insight on one of the worst movies of the franchise. <laughs> And uh, till then, as usual, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoy my my uh, voice, maybe, or just the way I talk, the way I complain and, you know, bitch around and all that. And um, maybe you enjoy my, my work, too, occasionally. Um, leave a note if you want, uh, or just stick around. I hope you're fine. I hope you're healthy. And enjoy life. Enjoy a whiskey if you can. A good old drop of wine, maybe. Enjoy life. You really should. Well, I'm uh, going to see you next time, and you're going to hear me, hopefully. Until then, take care of yourselves, and have a great day.